eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, May the 5th. Happy Secret de Mayo. Joining me to break down the NFC draft grades. John Breach or Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, fellas? Hey, hey, hey. Hi, Brinson. I got my tequila stash ready. I'm ready to go for Cinco. That is a thing of milk, Breach. For I mean, it's, it's actually body armor light. It's the official drink of John Breach. Would it be surprising? First of all, the only advertisements that are allowed on this podcast without going through sales are the ones that I do. <laughs> Um, second of all, Wilson, would you be surprised at all if Breach was one of those dudes who like put tequila in his body armor light? No, look at him. He's not wearing a shirt underneath that that sweatshirt he's got zipped up, number one. Number two, he's taking like weight gainer and protein powder and he's somehow shrinking. So it's he's doing it the wrong way. No, I'm chasing around a twelve month old baby all day. You you the weight just burns off. Why are you trying to drink body armor light? What's the point? No sugar. Is it like hydrate? I don't. I just don't understand what the point is. And I like drinking energy drinks, moving around. It's got B vitamins. It's B got vitamins. some. All right, all right, enough of this advertisement. <laughs> Make sure to check out the AFC draft grades. They are in the feed. We are, as I mentioned, we're doing NFC draft grades right now, and you can check out draft reactions and draft superlatives from the feed as well. We have three days of coverage in the draft. And while you're doing stuff for us, checking stuff out, make sure to check out John Breach's daily Pick 6 podcast newsletter, cbsports.com slash newsletter. Breach brings you the most entertaining, most informative NFL newsletter in the business. Daily. If you're going to sign up for one newsletter, not even NFL, just one newsletter, period, it should be this one. You won't regret it. I promise. I, Agree. Uh, we will be pulling grades from Pete Prisker. If you see us on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Episodes drop a little early there sometimes. Uh, if you see the grade pop up on the screen, don't yell at us in the comments. Yell at Pete Prisco. If you have a grade that you hate, at Prisco CBS on Twitter. And I hope you, I hope everybody, find, everybody that listens to this, I hope every single one of you finds a grade you don't like and you tweet at Prisco CBS and say, you suck, here's why. And the reason I hope you do that is Pete is too busy to come on the podcast. Can you believe it? Classic we're gonna, Pete. I can believe it. Norris on instead of Pete this week. Pretty excited about that, actually. New voice, bigger um, voice, more accurate. Josh Norris came in number one in the mock draft prediction. So I think Pete. Talk about that. 
Pete was 100. In, in Pete's defense, this past, he's, he's worked more in the past five days than he has in like the past six years combined. He did the grades. He had his power rankings come out on Tuesday. The man has been on fire, but his keyboard doesn't even work anymore. Brinson, yeah. how long does it take for you to play a round of golf? Uh, 12, 14 hours. Right. Yeah. Just like Pete, yeah. right? Yeah. No time, no, no other time of the day to take 30 minutes to talk to the your the company you work for, the only NFL podcast that well, one of the two NFL podcasts we have. I guess B Mac and Pat Pete count too. But you would think that Pete would be willing to, you know, help out and to discuss his grades that he gave to all the teams on this podcast, but he wasn't. So we'll have to just maybe float something to management about Pete not being a team player. We'll see what happens. Uh, we also have plenty of time this offseason to break down every single team. So if we don't get to your team or 20 minutes on your team, that's why we have to cover the entire NFC. And if you feel like you got short change, you have a draft question, and you want something specifically answered about your team, about the draft, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast with your name and your question in there. And we will answer it on a mailbag. We'll have lots of mailbags coming up this offseason. So plenty of time to do that. We will start in the NFC East. And we will begin, because this is Debo's podcast, with the Philadelphia Eagles, who got a C-plus from Pete Prisco. I'm a little surprised that they got a C-plus because, you know, they were they were bold. They were ballsy. They moved up in the first round. They traded with the freaking Cowboys. It's, it's wrong. It's like cats and dogs living together under the same roof. They trade with the Cowboys to move up two spots to leapfrog the Giants and to grab Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith in the first round. They then come back and get another Bama player, Landon Dickerson, in the second. And uh, before picking up a defensive lineman, Milton Williams, in the third. And Zick McPherson, a cornerback whose probably name is probably Zach. but Zach. Z-E-C-H. Zach. Hmm, interesting. Uh, what did you think of the draft, Wilson? Well, it's funny you ask because uh, as we're speaking here on the 4th, this comes out the 5th, but my uh, draft rankings have just been released on tbsports.com. And so I just have to differ it this time instead of just sort of giving a grade. I had graded all these players before the draft after watching them and given where I thought they might get drafted for the big board. And then I compared where I thought they got drafted, where they actually got drafted. And if some players went later than I thought, that's good for the team because you didn't overdraft a player. If some players went well earlier than I expected them to, then those teams didn't grade out as well because they overdrafted a player that I thought maybe was a third-round pick and they ended up going uh, late in round one. All that said, I had the uh, Eagles as having the sixth best, best draft. Uh, I, th- I thought they did pretty good. Did Debo good. pay you to up them, move them he up did. in the rankings? He did. Okay. But uh, the only con- the only issue I have with the guys they drafted in terms of who I thought they overdrafted was Landon Dickerson, the second-round pick. And the only reason that, for that is because of the, the uh, injury history. He had an ACL in the last season, and he's had injuries before. And that's it. Uh, Milton Williams went right, right where I thought he would go. Zach McPherson, you mentioned, went right where I thought he would go. Kenneth Gainwell went uh, almost three rounds later than I thought. I had him as like a low second-round, early third-round guy. And he went in the top of the fifth round. So that's a great pick. Uh, and then Marlon uh, Tui Pulotu, I had him going as like a mid-third-round pick. He went in the sixth round. So all those guys um, were underdrafted, I guess is the the, the phrase you could use. And, and that had a lot to do with why I like their draft. So uh, we'll see. I mean, if, if, if I'm terrible at putting draft grades on these guys, then it won't matter. Uh, but in terms of just doing something a little different and not saying D-minus or B-plus. Uh, but this is, this is actually real wins over Wilson, Breach. Uh, you know who would give 
the Eagles draft a C plus. Tom Donahoe, their senior player, uh, director of player personnel. Uh, I think my favorite part of the draft, one of my top five moments, was when the Eagles went viral in the third round because they selected Milton Williams. And then there's a video clip of Howie Roseman like trying to fist bump people, and Donahoe's just looking at him like uh, he just pulled off the worst draft pick of all time. He was not thrilled that uh, Roseman took Milton Williams. And what happened there is the Eagles traded back. Uh, Donahoe, a couple of the guys wanted to draft Aleem McNeil. And so I think the Eagles, who traded back, I think only two or three spots, nothing big, they assumed that Milton Williams and Aleem McNeil would both be available and they can make their decision at 73. And boom, the Lions came in at 72, took Aleem McNeil, so they lost him, and then they got they took Milton Williams because they have a choice at that point. And uh, so maybe that is why Prisco. Maybe Prisco's boys with Tom Donahoe. Everyone's upset about that third-round pick. Uh, in the end, I agree with everything you said. I thought they had a solid draft. I mean, I, I don't think you can really there, – there are a lot of picks where you just kind of shake your head and you wonder what's going on. I didn't think the Eagles really had any of those. Uh, you know, there's you don't usually have a draft with this many picks where you could see most of these guys being a contributor. Um, but the Eagles did that. I like this draft. Or maybe Ali McNeil was just the best draft prospect out there even before the first day of the draft, and they knew they were about to steal a first-round pick in the third round, and he was mad about it. That would be understandable. You so, know? wait a second. I was looking at something real quick. They wanted Ali McNeil and had to settle for Milton Williams. Is that what the upset face were, faces were about? That is what the upset faces were about. Also, the Lions didn't trade up. Um, the Eagles traded... Yeah, that's what I said. Eagles yeah. had okay. 70. So, uh, how many How many did they trade down? Two or three? three spots, and then the Lions took a lean there. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so the, probably, Eagles, yeah. the Eagles were at 70, and they traded back to 73 and figured both their guys would be available, and then the Lions took Aline McNeil at 72. Also, they dropped from 70 to 73, and all they added was 191st overall. And so, that, Donahoe was mad at that, too. He didn't think... Why how give up you, our guy you, for a six-round pick? How'd you find all that out, Breach? Uh, there's a bunch of quotes. Okay. Howie Roseman talked about it because he was asked. Like, yeah. And Howie <laughs> Roseman justified it by kind of saying, you know, some of the guys in that office talking about Tom Donahue spent six months scouting guys like this. And, and you know, you spent six months. You think you're going to get a guy, and he's right there for you. you. You trade back three picks probably because of the GM, and you lose out on that guy that you've been scouting. Like, I totally understand that reaction. And trust me, I think a lot of Eagles – a lot of the Eagles fan base would, would give Howie that reaction if, if they had a chance to uh, interact with them. Oh, well, here's something that... that, um, that 191st pick, that is te- it was technically... So it's from Carolina, but the Panthers acquired 191 overall in exchange for Teddy Bridgewater. And then the Eagles drafted Teron Jackson, defensive end out of Coastal Carolina. So no Williams, Teron Jackson, or Lee McNeil. What would you take, Wilson? Well, it's funny because I was actually looking up the draft grades I had for both these guys for the big board. Milton Williams I had as a uh, like a third-round pick, 25th overall is where I graded him, and then I had Aleem as 327. So they're right next to each other. So they went – I had them two spots different, and they went one spot apart. So, I, I mean, I understand Donahue being miffed. If you trade back three spots for a six-round pick, and and and, you're, and you've got you've got a guy in there who's slamming the table saying, take McNeil – and you know, Rose was like, well, I mean, you know, he probably won't be gone. If he is, we'll just take Milton Williams. Uh, as as Wilson points out, they're they're graded uh, equal, pretty close. Before we uh, latch too long onto the Philadelphia Eagles, we will have to get, of course, Debo's thoughts on this draft. Debo, I look at this draft and 
it screams Howie trying to make fans happy with those first two picks. Yeah, I could see that definitely with the first pick. But like I told you on Friday night, I think there was a, a portion of the fan base that wasn't thrilled with a Landerson, Landon Dickerson pick because of his injury issues. Now, we know he it, it could be an incredible player and, and a first-round talent if he is healthy. But I think Eagles fans, at least from what I saw, were about split in terms of if they approved that pick or not or if they could have just gotten someone else a little bit more ready to play. Like, we don't have to worry too much about this year, but maybe in the future when, when Jason Kelsey retires, like Landon Dickerson can be that replacement. So I'm all in favor of the pick. You cannot be mad at the Devontae Smith pick, especially considering that they were proactive and moved up and surpassed the Giants who were definitely going to take them. Maybe I look back in the future and uh, wish they had taken Justin Fields. That's how I feel right at this moment. Mm. But I think they're putting Jalen Hurts in a good position to succeed with the pick of Devontae Smith. I just don't know if Hurts should be the guy that they're, they're trying to hype all this up with when they could have had a real franchise quarterback in Justin Fields at number 10. I Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm the Eagles... I, I don't I don't even really consider Philadelphia in the group of teams that could feel like idiots for passing on fields. It's sort of like I think well, they, it, we'll, we'll see. Right. I mean, in the moment, I'm fine with Devontae Smith, too. But if Justin Fields turns out to be. Yeah, I guess I'm saying that I, I look at them sort of like we look at the Bengals with Pat Mahomes, where we joke about it with breach. But you know, they probably weren't. I didn't really think the, that the Eagles were taking fields. Did you? I, when they traded up, I was like, oh, maybe that's fields. I was like, no, that's Devontae Smith. They just leave for Gettleman. Do you think that uh, the Giants should have taken Patrick Mahomes, or was it smart that they passed on him? <laughs> um, the did the Giants? Oh, the Giants did pass on Patrick Mahomes for that was a shout out to our NFL editor Kevin Steinle, who got old takes exposed for saying that he was. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he was that's 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 a great point. I forgot about that. Yeah, the Giants probably should have taken Patrick Mahomes. Yes, um, everybody should have taken Patrick Mahomes. The Bears, right? That's the 49ers. At any any rate. Yes, if Fields turns out to be a generational, you know, top 10 quarterback in the NFL or top five quarterback in the NFL, then the teams that didn't take him will look extremely stupid and Ryan Pace will look extremely smart. Um, but if I'm Philly and I trade Carson Wentz and I've drafted use a second round pick on Jalen Hurts and he has played well at times in the NFL, even though I think you know, probably a little overhyped mainly because of his fantasy scoring. I'm sort of with Jeff Lurie on this. I want to see what he does in 2021. And to do that, you need to get him some help. So why not surround him with some of his old teammates? Exactly. Thank you. Let's move mm -hmm. on to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, everyone expected. This is how it always works, right? They're mocked. Like 97% of mock drafts gave them a cornerback in the first round at number 10 overall. The cornerbacks, the two top cornerbacks, J.C. Horn goes eight, and then Patrick Sertan goes nine, as I predicted in my final mock draft, just flipped. And then the Cowboys trade with the Eagles, move back to 12, and draft Micah Parsons, who they wanted all along. They pick up Kelvin Joseph late in the second round and some other edge picks in the third round. What did you think about their draft, Wilson? Uh, they ranked 30th in my draft rankings. And Ooh. again, again, to be clear, I don't hate what they did. It's just that it didn't. Uh, mesh up with what I had them doing in terms of where I thought they would go. What's going on here? Sorry, I was looking at this thing. Let me pull up the thing. So, what I have. 
Okay, so Micah Parsons I love, Kelvin Joseph I loved. I get all that. I, I think those are fantastic picks, and, and they helped the defense right away. Uh, Chauncey Golson I thought was drafted a little too high, the edge rusher. Um, and the one, the one that threw everything for a loop, and this is the biggest disparity of any pick in this entire draft, was the third-round pick, uh, 35th over in that in third round. Nashawn Wright, the cornerback out of Oregon State. I had him as a uh, priority free agent, and clearly he went to the bottom of round three. And that was 100% a Dan Quinn pick because he fits like the long, rangy, not 4-4 guy, quarter, cornerback that Dan Quinn likes. So uh, that to me was the, the most glaring difference. And the other difference was um, late in round four, they took Josh Ball, the tackle out of Marshall, transfer from Florida State, who I had is going in the seventh round. And the only reason I had him going in the seventh round is because he had some off-field issues, um, domestic violence stuff, I think, back in early in his career. Um, he could be a really good football player, but, you know, you're just taking a, taking a risk there in, in that regard. So those are the big things for me. I love the Simi Fajoko pick down in, in the late fifth. I had him as an early sixth. And I, I like their top three picks a lot, too. So I, I think they did a lot of things to make the football team better. It was just those two picks that I had questions about, especially a third-rounder on a cornerback that um, Dan Quinn likes. But the funny thing is no one in the media was talking about. And that doesn't mean it's a bad pick. It just means that the media don't, doesn't always know what the NFL is doing. Yeah. yeah. I, and, oh, I was, was going to say that like with draft grades, that whole debate's been going on for two or three days. You know, it's like, for well, the media doesn't know. Well, no, but neither do NFL teams. That's why draft bust exists. I mean, right. But I do think specifically the nation right pick is interesting because when you have someone like Dan Quinn, who's saying, all right, this guy's a good fit for my system. This might not be, uh, you know, he might be there in the fourth or fifth round. So yes, we're reaching, but I don't want to risk losing him because he's such a perfect fit. And so sometimes you'll have, a defensive coordinator or an assistant coach feel that way. And that's why you'll see a team reach. So that is absolutely one of those that, you know, maybe it ends up panning out for the Cowboys because Quinn's right. And this guy was a perfect fit, or maybe Wilson's going to look smart in five years and the Cowboys are going to look like idiots and they way overreached here. But you know what? Look, the Cowboys, what were they terrible at last year? They terrible at playing defense. The defense was horrible. Everything about the defense was bad. So what they do, they go out and took, Defensive players with their first six picks, you know, at least they're yeah. doing the right thing. They're on the spot. right path. What? Activate the breach spot. Here we go. Well, I, I like <laughs> the draft more than Wilson did. Activated. Well, well, Brinson, uh, I don't remember, on Thursday when we were rating the winners and losers from the first round, Brinson had the Cowboys as a loser, even though they traded down, picked up extra picks, and took Micah Parsons. And I have never seen someone get more hate on Instagram than Brinson did when we put this look. Oh, on, oh, uh, oh, don't look. Don't look. There's hey, just... Breach, check TikTok. So I want to see Brinson get destroyed on TikTok. That's my. <laughs> that's the only thing I have on my New Year's, my mid-year resolution. Um, my my but, issue with the Parsons thing is that the Cowboys just lost Sean Lee to retirement, and they're not going to pick up the fifth year option with Leighton Vander Esch. So they're like, you know, what we needed lineback another linebacker. It's really worked out well. So I, well, they they did need a linebacker too. They also got Jabril Cox, who is awesome. So they got two linebackers. Jabril Cox is is not as big as Michael Parsons. He can play a more versatile role. I, I I actually like what they did, but just those two picks that I mentioned, the disparity is what dinged them in my wins over Wilson draft grade. I, I I don't I don't hate the the draft necessarily. You know, I'm not gonna praise the Panthers last year for taking all defensive players and blast the Cowboys for it. And they they need to be better on defense. It's just how many of these guys are gonna have to be impact guys in, in year one. Well, yeah. the first two definitely. All and of I think them. 
for sure. They have, a, they have a chance to do that. I mean, but you no, know, look, if these guys are impact guys and the Cowboys have a ton of upside to them, it's just, it's, this is still a very stars and scrubsy team. I kind of wanted to see him beef up the offensive line because yeah. no, like the whole thing we've been talking about the last month of the season is how well football team and uh, the giants have done in terms of making their rosters better in free agency. And I said this, and I think at one point, at least one point, you guys both agree with me that Dak Prescott can't score 40 points a game and they're not the favorite in that division. So you have to fix the defense. I think now they're actually helping themselves be more competitive in a division that is truly and utterly terrible. No, that's true. A lot of, a lot of investments into, uh, into the defensive side of the ball for Dallas. We will see how it pans out. And, and maybe it doesn't matter if it's great in you know in the in the first year. You know, maybe it doesn't matter if it's great in the first year, if it does work out over the long haul. The Washington football team got a B plus from Pete Prisco for their draft and probably bolstered by the fact that they think Jamin Davis, 19th overall. He wasn't the first linebacker, unfortunately for me, because that would have been very nice. But mm -hmm. uh, Pete Prisco believes he will, quote, be a special player on a talented front seven. He flies all around, makes big plays, linebacker out of Kentucky. They had Samuel Cosme, an offensive lineman in the second round, and uh, then picked up some – Offensive help later on with Deami Brown in the third round. They also had Benjamin St. Juice, the quarterback out of Minnesota, and John Bates, tight end out of Boise. Thoughts on what the Washington football team did, Wilson? They came in 20th on the wins over Wilson NFL draft rankings, and uh, I'll tell you why. I love the Jamie Davis pick, love Sam Cosme pick. I actually like the St. Juice pick. I had him going a, a little lower, like early fourth round. The issues came with John Bates, the tight end in the fourth round. I had him as a sixth round pick. But again, he could work out. That's fine. That's just a difference of opinion. It's not that I hate it. Um, and the Cameron Cheeseman pick, I did have some issue with because he's a long snapper that they took um, late in the sixth round. But, you know, if you're going to take a special teams player, it has to be a kicker and he has to go to the Bengals. But th those are the, the the Bates pick and the Cheeseman pick were what um, ding them most. And at the end of the day, just so you, in case anyone cares, I waited the day one and day two heavier than day three. So it's not like I gave a, a lot of weight to the idea of a long snapper going with the 41st pick in the sixth round. Um, but they, they again, checking boxes. I, guess, I suppose you could argue they could have gotten a quarterback or should have tried to get a quarterback because we saw certainly that um, the Bears did that. But this team, this defense can be better. The offensive, offensive line is better, and you have Ryan Fitzpatrick for a year. I have no issue with this. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. I will say on the subject of drafting long snappers, Wilson, I actually agree. Washington probably should have waited the seventh round if they were going to take one at all. If there's one position that does not get drafted ever, it is long snapper. We saw two of them taken here. Uh, it would have been more fitting if Mr. Cheeseman had ended up in Green Bay, uh, but he did not. And you know what? As weird as it sounds, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him. You never hear about, you know, because like you don't think of somebody drafting getting drafted in the sixth round and pretty much being a lock for a starting job. But that's kind of what you have with Cheeseman because the, uh, which sounds so ridiculous to say every time, uh, because the I like that breach changed his last name or either first or last name to Cheeseman. I might Cheeseman breach or John Cheeseman. I like Cheeseman, but, but so Washington, their long snapper was Nick Sumberg for a long time. He'd been there since 2010, uh, so we're talking over 10 years with that organization. All of a sudden, Washington decided, all right, you know what? We don't need you anymore. So you draft a guy. And so literally Cheeseman's going to have pressure. You go in there and you have a bad snap on your first extra point, your first field goal. Uh, then Washington, you look like idiots for letting Sunberg go for drafting a guy named Cheeseman. So it, it was 
a definitely an interesting pick, but uh, like Ryan, I did like the top of their draft. Yeah, and Washington's a little bit different from Dallas, too, because when you look at Washington, there are not as many spots that they needed to fill in terms of the starting starting spots on either side. I will say that I thought they could have addressed the wide receiver position a little bit earlier, but I guess that De'Ami Brown in the third fits kind of well with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. They're just thin there. If something happens with McLaurin, man, that, you know, they have Pete, a promise Pete to. Pete liked De'Ami Brown better than I did. He's a deep threat. And yeah, he's, um, he's, a, he's a burner, man. So that's great. And Dax Milne, actually, he feels like a, a more athletic version of Hunter Renfro. Uh, okay. I don't think we talked about him. I think we talked about him earlier, but he. And, and look, it's possible that, you know, Antonio Gandy Golden takes a step forward next year and it doesn't matter. As you well. didn't bring up Kelvin Harmon's name. You're done talking about him. I mean, what are we going to have? Stump for Kelvin Harmon. See, he's listed on our lads as the starter. Okay. All right. That's good. The New York Giants, the G Men, got a. B plus from Pete Prisco for their grade, which their draft, which started was supposed to start at 11, but when they got leapfrogged by the Philadelphia Eagles for Devontae Smith, who they were clearly taking, Dave Gettleman decided to flip everybody on their heads and traded down in the draft for the first time in his history as a GM, either with New York or with Carolina. And he did it in a big way, moving down all the way to number 20, swapping picks with the Chicago Bears and getting a 2022 first round, Chicago's 2022 first round pick, a very valuable asset. And took uh, so the Bears could come up and take Justin Fields. The Giants go down and take Kadarius Toney with the 20th overall pick. They then scoop up. He didn't trade it. He traded down three straight times. It's just classic gentleman. Like, Oh, you tell me I don't do this? Watch, I do it all the time. Uh, look at me. Takes Aziz Ojalari in the second round. Aaron Robinson, cornerback in the third round. And then picked up a couple more defensive players. Just three more players in the draft. Only a six-player draft. Ellerson Smith, the edge out of Northern Iowa in the fourth. Gary Brightwell, running back from Arizona in the sixth. And Radarius Williams, a cornerback from Oklahoma State in the sixth. I believe that their trades up for... Do they trade up or back for Robinson and Ojolari? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's your job. Okay. Darius Williams is Greedy's brother, uh, older brother, too, I believe. Um, I like that pick at the very end. I, he went around lower than I thought. Kadarius Tony, I think, is a home run. It just has to, you know, you, we talked about it at the time. You're sort of passing on Devonta Smith um, for Kadarius Tony in the first round pick, and that, that feels like the right move. Uh, Aziz Ojolari, they got around earlier than I thought. There were some concerns about his injury, and Aaron Robinson went exactly where I thought he would go at the top of the third round. He's a physical, pretty big, fast slot guy. And, and I think he, he's going to have a chance to be really good. Ellison Smith, I didn't like him going that high, but he opted out last year and played small school. So he could be certainly much better than the last time I saw him play. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. So the, for the, the, for that third round pick, they moved up. I'm not sure about the second. Sorry, Rich. Go ahead. They, well, the second didn't happen during the draft, did it? I think the only one that happened the night of the draft was, or besides the first round pick, obviously, uh, that that third round pick, they had the 76, they moved up to 71 and trade with the Broncos. Um, and that is where they grabbed Aaron Robinson. You move up five spots, you got to like someone. Uh, you know what, though? They needed cornerback help. They got it. I think that's big. And 
I like this. And I think the biggest reason I like this is because, like you said, Brinson Gettleman made that shocking trade. No one thought Dave Gettleman was going to trade back. And not only did he do it, he got them a first-round pick. And next year, when the draft should be better because you don't have guys who took a year off, uh, you know, your scouts are going to be back on the road watching people. So I, I do think I, I agree with kind of the logic that a first-round pick in 2022 is more valuable than a first-round pick in 2021. Uh, so I, I thought the Giants did a fantastic job of filling their needs and then plus picking up that first round pick for next year. I concur completely. Um, Debo, would you rather have Devontae Smith or Kadarius Tony in a first round pick? Devontae. Okay. Ooh. Now you're kind of a loyal to whatever the Eagles did guy. Uh, you sure? Yeah. That that is true. Going, I'm I'm thinking back in my mind to preferring Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson last year, so I was wrong on that. I think there was a certain point where I stopped giving Howie Roseman the benefit of the doubt, and I was ready to like just hate whatever pick he made. But it's hard to hate on what they did this year. And they are, they they have they're loaded up on first round picks. They have I think the second most draft capital for the 2022 draft after the moves that they've made this off season. Okay, fair enough. Let's move to the NFC North, and we will start with the Minnesota Vikings, who got an A grade from Pete Prisco. He loved what Minnesota did, probably because they just sat back there, or they traded back, actually, excuse me, um, and picked up Christian Derisaw, Pete's one of Pete's favorite tackles in the draft. They that This trade came about, this is originally Seattle's first-round pick, and the Jets came up to get... Elijah Vera Tucker and gave Minnesota picks to move back down to 23 and they still managed to get an offensive lineman and got paid handsomely for it. So hard to blame Minnesota for that move. Kellen Mond was their next pick who they took 66 overall in the third round resulted in RG three blasting Kirk cousins on some bleacher report stream. I believe then they took one of the, yeah, you didn't hear that. Ah. They said, Oh, he's in trouble now. Oh, RG three. Actually, RG3 did a good job analyzing it, but he, he said, he went, here, here's his quote. He said, it to be Kirk Cousins he was talking about. He said, Kellen represents exactly what Kirk doesn't do well. Kellen is the big physical quarterback. He can run it, throw it all over the field. And I don't think that's something that number eight is able to do in Minnesota. End quote. Well, it sounds a little bit like sour grapes. He's not wrong, but it sounds like sour grapes. So the sour grapes can be good, Ryan. For moving from 14 to. 23, the Vikings sent 143rd overall, fourth round. It also got back 66 and 86th overall, which ended up being uh, two. So they ended up with three picks in the third round. They, God, did they, oh my God, did they give away their second round pick for freaking Yannick Ngakwe? Is that right? Yeah, that, I believe that's right. That is rough. Um, at least they sold him off and it was sort of a rental, but they come up with Kellamon, Chaz Surratt, former, uh, former quarterback for Carolina and also former ACC defensive player of the year as a linebacker, which you don't see very often. And they grabbed Wyatt Davis, the offensive lineman from Ohio state in the third, uh, third also round, had, pick, sorry. third round pick for Ngakwe. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, it was the third. Okay. What did that oh, hold on. Trade the Vikings for 2021 second round pick. Nope. never mind. <laughs> yeah, they, they got a third back from him back exactly. from, from Baltimore, I think. And gave it, but but got him for a second in uh in in in, in what they paid for Jacksonville. They also That's picked right. up Patrick right. Jones, the edge out of Pittsburgh, and then had I mean they had a ton of picks here. We'll yep, I had them as the uh they ranked 15th in my rankings 
And uh, let's see why. Dare saw a pick I love. Kellamond actually had him going uh, second overall in the third round. That's exactly where he went. Wow. Uh, Surratt had him going third round 15th. He went third round 14th. So I'm, I'm getting hot here. I like this draft. Wyatt Davis went almost a full round before I thought he would, gonna, he would go. Um, Jones went right where I thought. It came with um, things went different in a different direction with uh, uh, their, the running back out of Iowa State in the fourth round. I had him as, as a seventh round pick, but again, it, it, that doesn't mean anything, just differences of opinion. And then uh, the last one I'll mention is Amar Smith, uh, Amir Smith, Marset, the wide receiver at Iowa who didn't blow me away, but he played in sort of a weird offense and he wasn't given a lot of opportunities. And so I had him as a seventh round pick. He went in the fifth round. And again, you just don't know. Sometimes you're in a crappy offense. It doesn't work out in college and the light comes on in, uh, in the pros. And that could be certainly the case with Smith, Marset uh, playing with RG three's favorite quarterback, Kirk cousins. Or RG3's uh, real favorite quarterback in Kelamon? Uh, I'm like getting frightened because I'm agreeing with all Prisco's grades here. I thought the Vikings had one of the best drafts. Prisco gave me, uh, we were talking about our teaser yesterday. It was only three teams received an A, two of them were in the AFC. One of them, the Vikings, was the only team in the NFC that got an A from Prisco. And you just look at the holes on their roster. You know, like they need to protect the quarterback. They came on, got Christian Darisol. Some people thought, uh, he could have been a top 15 pick. The Kellen Mon, I like that because you put pressure on Kirk Cousins without putting too much pressure on the coaching staff. So, you know, if you draft someone 11th overall or, or top 15, as a coaching staff, you feel pressure to get that guy in the field. He needs to be our starting quarterback. We took him in the first round because we want him to contrib contribute right away. You take a guy in the third round, it's all right. Kellen Mon is going to be on the bench in 2021, unless he just completely outplays Kirk Cousins during training camp somehow. If that happens, it's a win-win. So if he outplays Cousins, you play him. And if he doesn't, you have him on the bench and no one's going to uh, bad an eye because he was a third-round pick. Uh, so I liked almost everything the Vikings did. Yeah, it's hard to complain. They, and to be perfectly honest, I mean, this division is fascinating because if Aaron Rodgers does get traded, and we'll get to the Packers in a second, I mean, Minnesota... If they can get their offense was fine last year, like their offense wasn't the problem. Is their defense was a disaster. If, if, if Mike Zimmer can fix that defense, and, and the good news is they had a bunch of young guys last year that struggled, and they'll be going into year two, and they'll have Michael Pierce coming back who opted out. Yeah, and Darisaw, you know, you start to put together this just elite level offensive line for Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook with you know Darisaw, Radbury, and others on there. You could really end up with a productive offense again. So maybe the Vikings are sort of a sleeper here. The Detroit Lions. Wow, everybody got good grades in this draft. The Detroit Lions got a B-plus from Pete Prisco, mainly because they sat back and let Panay Sewell fall to them. <laughs> you saw their war room, man. Old uh, old Holmes there. He was wigging out about getting Panay Sewell at seven. Some people think he's generational. Others are, have question marks about him. They also got Levi Ona oh, I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> on Wuzuriki the defensive lineman out of Washington in the second round, a nice little pickup. And then, as we mentioned, Aline McNeil, they went trenches, trenches, trenches. And look, this is a Dan Campbell draft if there ever was one, right? Yeah. I, I mean, guys who eat kneecaps for lunch. The only pick, I'm looking real quick, the only pick that was went earlier than I thought, and that was only a handful of picks before, was Aline McNeil. I had him going 327, he went 308. Every other pick was underdrafted, if you will. So, Met Melanfonwu, the cornerback out of Syracuse. I had him as a second round. He went late in the third round. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver, Equimenius' brother um, out of USC. He went there. 
Uh, he went ahead uh, of where I thought he might go. And the last pick, Jamar Jefferson, the running back out of Oregon State, really good player who felt like a six-round pick to me, but went at almost at the very end of the draft, seven, seven to 29th pick overall. So, yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue with checking boxes and getting more value than, than what uh, I had them uh, potentially getting. So, well done, Brad Holmes. Well done, Dan Campbell. Well done, kneecaps. I just like that the Lions drafted a bunch of people that definitely went to the Dan Campbell school of absolutely craziness. I mean, you have uh, their second round pick coming out and saying, I like to F people up during his Zoom meeting with the media. The whole thing. Except he except he didn't say effing. He used the actual F word. I like effing people up. I like to get off the line and just put my helmet or my hands on an offensive lineman and F up an offensive scheme. I like pushing them back two to three yards and just making them feel like poop except he didn't use the word poop. I mean, yeah. it was bonkers hearing this guy. And that, that as soon as you heard him talk, if I would have heard that quote three days before the draft and someone asked me, who's going to draft that guy? I would say the Lions. That is a Dan Campbell guy. That dude is going to be like the number one overall pick uh, because the Lions are going to love him so much. So, yeah, it seems like the Lions did. A, I really like their first two picks is what it comes down to. Yeah, you can see that C-plus by Lee McNeil all you want. Lee McNeil is going to be a star player. He will make Pro Bowls in the NFL. I promise you that. He, is, he had a pick six last year. The dude is a freak. And he, the Lions stole him from the Eagles. I, I promise you, Ali McNeil will make a Pro Bowl before his career is over. How much are you promising? I mean, you make a lot of promises. Will you get a tattoo of Ali McNeil? <laughs> a life-size Ali McNeil tattoo. On your lower back. <laughs> uh, no, we don't have a tattoo, bets, guys. We got to find something. I'm new. working on the Ryan Finley one. It's coming. Yeah. Gary asked me about it again yesterday on HQ. So that, that's her driving focus right now so that I, I gotta say i like that the bears didn't i mean the, the bears that the lions did not think about or go quarterback and i, I don't you know justin fields as well i don't know that i put the well, lions in, you like it for now we'll see again like, they, like this team is not ready if they get justin justin fields isn't good on this team that's fair and they have jared goff locked in for two years so i would say that trevor lawrence isn't good on this team either i don't think there's a quarterback alive that's gonna be good on this team i mean aaron Rodgers wouldn't win 10 games on the team no, right no. we could find out the Bears, <laughs> I don't think that, that we will get that far. The Chicago Bears, we're not going to ding them too much, I don't suppose, for trading away next year's first-round pick because they went up and got Justin Fields. They're the team that came away with them in 11th overall. As Pete Brisker wrote, they gave up a lot, but they ended up with the second-best quarterback in the draft. It's a bold move but necessary. A, for the record, that is a higher grade than he gave the Chiefs for trading up to take Patrick Mahomes, which he gave a B. It's worth noting. They come in and trade for Tevin Jenkins in the second round. Again, an A-plus from Chris Trapasso, and then get Larry, and then they have another pick until the fifth round. So, you know, you can point out that they had a bunch of fifth and sixth round picks. Daz Newsome, a nice pick there in the, late in the sixth round. Uh, Khalil Herbert, sort of a, a sleeper coming out of the ACC as well. I like this draft, and quite frankly, Wilson, it looks nothing like a Ryan Pace draft. They ranked fifth on wins over Wilson draft rankings, just ahead, just behind the Lions. So 15th for the Vikings, 4th for the Lions, 5th for the Bears. We'll see what the old uh, Packers do here in a second. But, yeah, Justin Fields' home run, Tevin Jenkins' home run, uh, Larry Borum, the offensive tackle out of Missouri. I had had him going in the 7th round, so two, two rounds too high in my book, but we'll see. He could be a great player. Uh, but every other player down the list was underdrafted, and in, in I thought they would go later earlier than they actually went off the board to the Bears. And uh, you mentioned Daz Newsom. I love that pick. I love the Thomas Graham pick, the, the cornerback out of Oregon. I thought he should have been one of the, the first Oregon defensive backs off the board. I think he ended up being the last. 
Um, but exactly. The, I mean, it, it looks like a Ryan Pace draft in that he traded for a quarterback, but I think this time he traded for the right quarterback. And this could be one of those things where Justin Fields saves Ryan Pace's job for the next 10 years um, because Mr. Trubisky almost got him fired. Uh, I'll just say about this draft that I wish it would have been in Vegas, not Cleveland. I thought because the Bears took a gamble. This was the biggest gamble of what – like Justin Fields is – a good quarterback, you you know, Brinson, I think you said Prisco had Fields as the number two overall quarterback in the draft. Uh, but Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, basically, they are gambling their entire future on these top two picks. It's not just Justin Fields here. It's Tevin Jenkins, second overall, you went, or the, in the second round with the 39th overall pick. When you're the Bears and you cut your starting left tackle, Charles Leno, who just got cut on Monday, and you're saying, all right, we're just going to give the job to this rookie uh, and we're going to boot this guy who has started 80 straight games for us. Charles Leno had been the Bears' left tackle for 80 straight games dating back to 2016. I mean, that is a gigantic gamble because even if Fields is good, all of a sudden, you know, if Tevin Jenkins is a turnstile and, and defensive linemen are just getting back there and putting pressure on Fields in every play, he's not going to be able to succeed even if he is good because he's still going to be learning on the go. Uh, so I thought the bigger gamble here was just basically giving Tevin Jenkins a left tackle job when you might have a rookie starting quarterback on the field. Only John Breach would ding the Bears for drafting somebody who's going to play in front of Andy Dalton. So look, just no, so it's the same thing with Andy Dalton. Oh! I'm saying it's a risk. It's a giant risk. The gamble might pay off. The gamble might pay off hugely, Brenton. Yeah, I mean, like, Kevin Jenkins was a great pick there at 39, but you know they gave up a third-round pick. It ended up being Tommy Tremble out of the tight end out of Notre Dame that the Panthers took at 83rd overall, and the Panthers also got Brady Christensen at you know later on in the second round. So you have to wonder: Would you you know would you prefer to have Tevin Jenkins? Is Tevin Jenkins that much better than Brady Christensen, Wilson? Yeah. Oh, all right. But also, if you're the Bears, but, like, wouldn't you maybe wait to training camp or a preseason game to see Tevin Jenkins on the field before you let your starting left tackle go? Yeah, I, I would. Breach, you're a blogger. Ryan Pace is a general manager who already drafted Mr. Trubisky and Justin Fields. So who do you think knows more? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to the Packers. And of course, it's impossible to talk about the 2021 NFL draft without mentioning the fact that Aaron Rodgers, before the draft, you know, this, the, He's done. He's out. He wants out of Green Bay. Adam Schefter reported the news. Jay Glazer uh, confirmed it as well. And even with that news fluttering and pummeling Packers Nation, the Packers didn't take a wide receiver in the first round. They took Eric Stokes, the cornerback, out of Georgia. My uh, bankroll appreciates it. Thank you for the under on that. And then they took Josh Myers, offensive lineman, in the second round. And then in the third round, as if to try and send a signal to Aaron Rodgers, they drafted Amari Rogers, the wide receiver out of Clemson. Finally, they got him a skill guy. Do you like the Packers draft, Ryan? Um, I had him ranked 25th. So that's dead last among the AFC, uh, the NFC North teams. And I feel like last year they were dead last because of the Jordan Love uh, running back tight end day one, day two draft, which had a lot of people frustrated. So Eric Stokes, I I didn't like him as much as most people. I had him as a third-round guy, so that dinged him a little bit. But a lot of people liked him, including Pete Prisco. Josh Myers, I did like. That's a good pick there. Amari Rodgers, I love that pick. Uh, as I've said before, he's uh, T. Martin's son on HQ. I actually called him T. Higgins' son, which would be awesome that his former <laughs> teammate was his son. Uh, Pete Prisco was kind enough to interrupt me and, and make sure that I that didn't go out um, as, uh, as truth. Um, 
And then the, the rest of the picks, until you get to round six and seven, the last two picks, I had as being overdrafted. And now Royce Newman is a, a tackle at Ole Miss. He'll play guard in Green Bay. So that's why he was drafted earlier. And you have to account for that, which I didn't, obviously. But um, the draft is fine. They needed help in the secondary. Kevin King was obviously a liability last year. They need help at center because Corey Lindsay's gone. They need a, a, a new Randall Cobb, and that's exactly what Amari Rodgers is. But the issue is the quarterback. And, and if Aaron Rodgers ain't there, by the way, I'm going to put it at 7% that Aaron Rodgers plays week one in Green Bay. Whew, that is low. And I think that what if Jordan Love isn't terrible? Because I was a huge Jordan Love guy. So that, that'll be my trial run for Mac Jones. I'm going to have to get up the Jordan Love bandwagon and will that into existence too. I, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't. The it's, team isn't terrible. The, right? The Packers? Right. Wouldn't it be funny if, uh, <laughs> if, if Ryan just put it at 7% that Rodgers opens the season in Green Bay? Wouldn't it be funny if uh, Rodgers actually plays for Washington and their first game <laughs> is at Green Bay? And that's Still? why he's on the field in week one. Uh, like you said, everything you said about the draft, I'm going to focus on the Mari Rodgers pick because I thought that was like, it is like, Goody Kunst and uh, Rogers are just going back and forth, just just with these haymakers, seeing who can. Uh, imagine if Brinson was in a holdout right now. Wilson's hosting the show, and then we bring on an analyst named Bill Brinson instead of Will Brinson. Like, <laughs> you're gonna take that as a slight, even if it's not meant as one. Even if that was the most qualified person. Like, oh, you got a Rogers. Oh, we have the same first initial. Like, this thing is just. It feels so messed up. I'm not even gonna give it a seven percent chance. I'm gonna give it a point seven percent chance. The Aaron Rodgers playing for the Packers in Week One. Not even seven. Wow. Wait, what percentage chance you give it? Not even seven. He said, point seven. Wow. <clears throat> I mean, is he retired or is he? He could. I think that he Deshaun, as we said, Deshaun Watson, his twenty-five year old, is not retiring. He'll just maybe have to sit out and then make it before all the things happen off the field allegedly. Then he would have to make a decision. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is so spiteful and vengeful. He will be like, "Peace out." I've been doing this for since 2005. I got a Super Bowl. I got a ton of money. I'm moving with my wife to LA. Well, you know what? Let me ask you this. What if the Texans called up the Packers and said, look, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. It's going to be your problem, but we'll trade you straight up, Rodgers for Watson. I wouldn't do it for the Packers. Well, Rodgers has to have a no trade clause, I'm sure, right? Maybe. Well, who knows? But I mean, I wouldn't do it. If, we have Jordan Love. I mean, but if you had a chance to get Deshaun Watson, you wouldn't take it? In a perfect world, but clearly things are not going perfectly for Deshaun Watson right now. The oh, he does not have a no trade clause. That is a problem. That makes it even more hilarious. That you send him to Siberia then. Like no, that's in Houston, bro. We just no, he, 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 he retires. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Is you, if you send him somewhere crappy, he retires. The, the other problem for Rogers too, I think, is that and this is a problem for the Packers. To be perfectly frank, is they needed this to come out three weeks ago. So they had time to formulate a possible draft trade, right? Where you trade, you know, you tell the 49ers, hey, don't take a quarterback. We're going to trade you Aaron Rodgers for Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Pitts. You know, and they take Kyle Pitts at three or, or give us. But a you know, Rodgers knew it needed to come out three weeks ago. And he's like, how can I screw them over the most? Just like they did to me last year. I leak it on draft day when they don't have time to change up their plans. And, you know, we talked about it on some show, I believe, but when you see Adam Schefter 
this doesn't happen in the NFL, right? Most of the time, this news is delivered to multiple reporters. And Adam Schefter goes on, he's on the NFL draft pre-game, pre, pre-draft show on ESPN. And he says, without knowledge of any of his coworkers, who were all surprised by his statement, he said, coming up after the break, I'm going to drop some news. And they go to the break, and during the break, Amina Kimes and Dan Orlovsky and Laura Rutledge, who were on the set, Marcus Spears, I believe, all tweeted, you might want to turn on ESPN because Schefter is about to drop a bomb. Ratings go up. People talked about Aaron Rodgers, and you know, Schefter dropped the news. And it's, it is a bomb, and it's going to change the landscape of the NFL if he's ultimately traded. That's why yeah. Super Bowl odds are off the board. Denver closes like 25 to 1. The Broncos did because that's the, the landing spot. That's it's not problem. changing the landscape of the NFL, though. I think it's overstated. I think it's just he's angry, he's old, and he's been mistreated. I mean, I, I disagree, Ryan, because whatever d- division he gets changed to, that division's upside down. If he's in the AFC, that changes the AFC. Like, the Packers, did, um, we're minus 250 to win the division, and they're barely going to be favored. You think they're going to win with Jordan Love? No, here's the thing. They were favored by that much in part because Stafford's gone and they replaced it with Jared Goff. I mean, there's no chance. That, I mean, the, they had a 1% chance with Stafford. Now it's negative 5,000 with Jared Goff. If but Aaron Rodgers is traded this offseason, it changes the landscape of the NFL. That's- Does Matthew Stafford going to the Rams change the landscape of the NFL? I know they're not in the same par, but he's 75% of Aaron Rodgers. I would see. I would say no because the Rams are already a playoff team without Stafford. So that that, that they're going to stick par for the course, still be a playoff team with the Packers. You're talking about a team that went to two straight NFC title games, probably is not going to make the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers. And then wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, he can go to a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. And all of a sudden they're a playoff team. So you're affecting multiple things with multiple dominoes. Whereas Matthew Stafford went to a non-playoff team. That's still going to be a non-playoff team or he came from a non-playoff team and he's going to go to a playoff team. That's still going to be a playoff team. So nothing changes. I'm just playing devil's advocate. You so love Jordan avocados because I need Jordan Love to come through for me. Devil's avocado, Larry. All right, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers plenty this <laughs> offseason. Let's take a break and we come back. The final two divisions in the NFC. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So the Atlanta Falcons will be the first team we'll discuss in the NFC South. Atlanta kick-started their draft by taking Kyle Pitts at number four overall. Everyone knew they were going to do it. They got a B-minus from Pete Prisco. There was was no question. They were taking Kyle Pitts unless they got to trade out. No one was going to be willing to trade up there. So they stood pat and took Pitts, and that's a great job. He's a can't-miss prospect, as Pete Prisco writes. Uh, Richie Grant in the second round. Jalen Mayfield in the third. Darren Hall in the fourth. And then they picked up kind of a surprising number of late-round picks because this is a team that doesn't have – 
might not even have enough money to sign all the draft picks, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, right? So, um, all right, where to have these guys graded? I'm trying to send out these tweets here as I talk to you guys about my wins over Wilson. So the Falcons, baby. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Come on. Oh, I didn't have grades for them. That's not true. Oh, there they are. They're dead last, aren't they? No, they're not. They're 19th. There we go. Got so much going on. Winsor Wilson's tough work breach. So let's see what we got here with the old Falcons. Kyle Pitts, easy. Richie Grant, I actually love that pick a lot. I mean, he helps the defense. Um, and, and that's primarily, I mean, that's, that was at the top of the do list. If you're not taking Kyle Pitts, you feel like you have to trade down. If you're not taking the quarterback, you just load up on defense. They were able to do both. Jalen Mayfield feels a need. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he plays tackle or probably kick inside the guard. Uh, and let's see, Drew Dahlman, the center out of Stanford, I, I didn't love it for, in the fourth round. I had him more as a six-round pick. Um, but I did like uh, Aguna Jay, the, the um, edge rusher out of Notre Dame, who went in the fifth round. Uh, I had him going as a fourth-rounder, so that was a good pick there. And then Frank Darby, the very last pick they had, uh, the latest wide receiver out of Arizona State after Nikhil Harry, and then last year Brandon Ayuk. Um, he wasn't as explosive as I was hoping. I had him going at the end of the fifth. They got him at the top of the sixth, so not much difference, but a little bargain there, and he has a chance to be on that offense with Kyle Pitts and Julio and Calvin Ridley and, and you know have some chance, have chances for success without having to be you know the number two or even the number three guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love they took Kyle Pitts because this is Arthur Smith saying, look, Matt Ryan hasn't really been in decline. We just need to put a better team around him. And now you look at all these weapons that the Falcons have. And, uh, you know, even if they change, even if they trade Julio Jones, uh, that's still going to be a tough offense to stop. But, you know, that doesn't mean their defense is magically going to get better. Their offensive line could still struggle. So this is still a team that has plenty of holes. Um, but I do like the statement they made by t- taking Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Just lean into your strengths. You know, that defense is going to be a problem. It just is. Now, Dean Pease is coming to town, so maybe he's able to scheme up a little bit more pressure than we saw from Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris. I think there's a possibility of that happening. But if this team is going to be good, it needs to be because Matt Ryan is putting up MVP caliber numbers. And I would also say that um, if you look at the odds, you know, while Debo brings up the next team, I'll look up the odds for Matt Ryan. I don't think it's a bad play to take a stab at Matt Ryan MVP. I just feel like he could put up some. I'm waiting to see if Julio's on the roster before I'm making that bet. Why wouldn't he be? They're not trading him. I mean, it'd have to be a post June 1st trade. So now would be the time for it to happen. All right. Matt Ryan is 30 to 1. He is behind uh, William Hill, behind Deshaun Watson at 25 to 1. Kyler, I mean, Herbert, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Russ, Lamar, Josh Allen, Rodgers, and Mahomes. Basically, he has the same, uh, his same number as. Derrick Henry. I'd like it at 50 to 1. 30 to 1 is a little rich for me. Mm, so okay. there you go. Saints. Sorry. Saints. Saints got a C from Pete Prisco, who did not love their draft. They took Peyton Turner to get uh to beef up their edge presence at 28th overall. Then Pete Warner, the linebacker out of Ohio State, Paul Sendadebo, the quarterback out of Stanford, and Ian Book in the fourth round. A lot of defense, and then uh a quarterback who maybe is a hybrid of Drew Brees and Taysom Hill. Yeah, maybe I gave him, they ranked 27th on wins over Wilson. 
Uh, the only pick in this class that was underdrafted in, in terms of being a value was Paulson Adebo, the cornerback out of Stanford. Opted out last year. I had him going in the late second and early third. I like that pick a lot. I don't even hate the Peyton Turner pick in the first round. Um, I had him going in late second. He was late first. Um, there was some buzz on him. He was just played at Houston and played a lot of top-level competition, but he looked like a guy who could have some success in the NFL. The biggest issue for me was Pete Werner, um, the linebacker at Ohio State, who inexplicably went in the bottom of round two. Maybe he's going to be great, and I hope he is, but he felt like more of a late fourth-round guy, and I like his teammate, Baron Browning, a lot more. Uh, he went later in the draft. And Ian Book is a curious pick when you have other needs, but, you know, if Sean Payton has thoughts that he can make a guy work out as a quarterback, then I'm willing to watch and see how it unfolds. Yeah, I think the same seven rookie quarterback in there could be fun, but again, like – this is not the year to take a quarterback if you're the Saints. Fill the other holes. You have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Figure out what's going on there. You don't need to add a third ingredient into uh, uh, this two-ingredient drink. So I was yeah. going to say a quarterback pie. A two Your quarterback, quarterback pie. pie. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's meh. That's how I feel about the Saints draft. Wow. Yeah, kind of meh. But they've been they've been drafting really well the last few years. It's That's yeah. true. Yeah. Ever. Well, I mean, last year they took Cesar Ruiz. The year after they took Eric McCoy, and like two centers, but they worked out. They had to play a plan for both guys, so that was curious, but it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they've been ever since 2017. They've been kind of been slaying it with the draft. Um, since oh god, how am I forget his name? Former freaking dude who asked Des Bryant if his mom was a you know. Oh yeah, him. Uh, Ireland. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff Ireland joined that front office and they've really improved their ability to draft players. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not as active in the draft this year as they were last year when they aggressively moved up to draft an offensive lineman. That worked out great for them. They got a C from Pete Prisco for sitting back at 32, taking an edge rusher, and then using their second-round pick on Kyle Trask, Florida quarterback, maybe Tom Brady's the, the latest in a long, 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 long line of people who might replace Tom Brady when he retires in the year 2095. Wilson, any any thoughts, any standouts here with uh, with Tampa's class? They're ranked 29th, Wendell Wilson. The, I'll mention just one pick. I, I like, I'm fine with the Kyle Trask pick. I love the Joe Tryon pick. The Robert Hainsey pick was a little rich for my blood, but I'll tell you why. He played right tackle at Notre Dame and he struggled at right tackle. So I had him as like a fifth fifth round pick. He went late third, and that's because he's going to kick inside the guard where teams liked him a lot. I just never saw him play there. So um, I had no real conception of what that might look like. But if the Buccaneers are happy with it and they want to take him late third, uh, great for him. So that's what a draft, uh, a, affected their draft stock most. Um, and I love the Jalen Darden pick, the wide receiver out of North, uh, North Texas. I think he had 19 touchdowns last year, 12 the year before, and he is electric. He's a lot of fun. So I, I think on that offense with all those playmakers, um, he'll be fun to watch should he get on the field. Uh, I'll just say real quick, I like the Kyle Trask pick. I mean, I don't see why not. Obviously, look, we always joke that Brady's going to play forever. But the truth is, he's going to be 44 when the season starts. Probably has two more seasons max, and that's if this isn't his final season. So, it, you know, it's not going to go on forever. And you Wait, look at why do you think this is his final season? Yeah, I, I said it could, I, I said two more seasons max, and and there's an off. I give it a 10 percent chance of this final season, but I say I'm 90 percent sure he's done after two more seasons. Who plays longer, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. So anyway, not even hesitate. That is not even hesitate. Less than the seventh percent chance that Rodgers. <laughs> Place for the Packers, but a, <laughs> but if you look at the Buccaneers roster, Ryan, up. <laughs> the, only, 
The only backup quarterback on the roster right now is Ryan Griffin. They might re-sign Blaine Gabbert. You know, not two great names. If you can bring in Kyle Trask, he ends up being good. Uh, mentored by Tom Brady. Similar skill set. Why not see what he has? So I, I like that pick. You call Breach out on that math. He just powered through it. He was What math? Trask. I didn't hear the math. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady math. I, the thing, I, the reason I don't mind the Kyle Trask pick is that unlike the Jordan Love pick, the, the Buccaneers probably went to Tom Brady and said, hey, if Kyle Trask is there at the end of the second round, we think we're going to take him. Hope that's cool. And by the way, of course, we re-signed everybody this offseason. We brought everybody back for the Super Bowl run. So. And Brenton, real quick, I actually wrote a story about that on Tuesday that people can check out. That If you look at uh, the Buccaneers, Jason Light, general manager, literally came out and said, yeah, I talked to Tom a few weeks before the draft, said if there's a quarterback there, we might, t you know, like he doesn't need our draft plans, but I did tell him we might want to take a quarterback. And the twist here is that the Chicago Bears even gave Andy Dalton a heads up that they might take a quarterback. Andy Dalton has never taken a single snap with that team. And the Bears still felt compelled to say, hey, look, we might take a quarterback, which makes it even more insane that the Packers did not give Aaron Rodgers a head. Well, maybe the Bears decided to tell Andy Dalton after they let my good friend Mike Glennon go to the draft party without telling him they were going to be even though they were locked into it once they traded up for two. Maybe that's why the Bears told Andy Dalton. So Either way, it makes the Packers look worse. Yes. Just tell – if you just tell Aaron Rodgers, hey, we might take a quarterback if this isn't here. If this is here. we You're old. We might. Yeah, take but you know what? That's like when you have to – tell your grandpa something and you know it's me yelling and screaming because he's old and ornery he doesn't want to hear it uh granddad your dentures didn't come in today and he just flips out they're like you know what let's just see what happens maybe he won't be watching the draft tonight he's out doing whatever he's doing and, and if it blows up no, face, it's also like if you tell your wife hey i'm gonna go out to lunch with a friend and then she's a picture on instagram the friend's actually an attractive woman you get home she's like oh you left that part out so like <laughs> Just give them the details so that no one's wondering anything. Oh, was I supposed to tell you that part? Totally slipped <laughs> yeah. my mind. A uh, fun fact: Kyle Trask. Do you know? Do you know how he got his his name? I don't see beauty. How did he get his name? He was named after Kyle Field at Texas A and M. All right. Fun. That's fact. interesting. Is his middle name Field? Kyle Field Trask. <laughs> his middle name is Yates. The Carolina Panthers got a B plus. For, I don't know what his middle name is. Carolina Panthers got a B plus from Pete Prisco for their draft, which was a little surprising in the sense that they drafted J.C. Horn eighth overall, and not Justin Fields, and not Patrick Sertan, and not Panay Sewell, all of whom were on the board. They went J.C. Horn. If just really depends on your opinion of Sertan and Horn. Panay wasn't there, Brenton. Panay went seventh. I'm an idiot. Why did I think he went eleventh? Um, I wonder if they would have taken Panay if he'd been there. They'd been dumb if they didn't. We'll never know. I think they would have taken Panay. Yeah, my bad. He did, Let's he did. debate that for 30 minutes. Uh, and then their second yeah, in their second round, they traded down. They actually were on the clock when Tevin Jenkins was sitting there for them. They need a left tackle badly. They trade down, uh, pick up Terrence Marshall out of LSU, a first-rounder uh, worthy of a first-round pick, were it not for medicals, but Joe Brady maybe knows a little thing or two about LSU, and then got the offensive tackle in the third round with Brady Christensen. They traded down a ton I also landed my guy, Chuba Hubbard. Hell yeah, I love Chuba Hubbard. And uh, I thought it was a pretty good first draft by Scott Fitterer in Carolina. Wilson? Came in 10th on wins over Wilson, so they did a really good job. Um, in fact, the funny thing is I like Chuba Hubbard too a lot. They, I had him going as a late fifth. He went as a late fourth. So that was the biggest discrepancy. Everything else was pretty close, or they they got value for the guys they drafted. Uh, the name that sticks out to me the most in terms of the, the best value was Deontay Brown. The His nickname's Cornbread, the guard out of Alabama, went uh, midway oh, through that. the sixth. Mid, mid, oh, my mid, God. He is enormous, right? Yeah, huge. He went midway through the sixth. I had him as a late third rounder, but he may he may have to lose some weight. 
that that may be the the part of the issue why he fell. But again, um, Joe Brady saw him up close and personal when he was at LSU. Uh, he played at Alabama, played against some of the best players in the country, and they need help along the offensive line. So that's a great value pick. And, and if you hit on it, you know, more power to you. They drafted a long snapper in the sixth round as well. They did. I had a first round grade on him. That's because Matt Rule knows the value of good long snapping. Good for him. Also, Alabama guy. So maybe Matt Rule is going the Nick Saban route, like the Patriots just drafting only Alabama kids. Well, I mean, you look at this list, Breach, there sure are a lot of Power Five and SEC schools. They drafted Horn. Marshall, uh, Trimble, uh, Brown, Shy Smith, Fletcher, and Phil Hoskins, all SEC guys. Tommy Trimble. And Tommy Trimble, Notre Dame, not SEC, but power, power five, though. Yeah. The only guy that wasn't a power five guy was, uh, Brady Christensen from BYU. This is, that's sort of an interesting thing to note. That's not a Seattle style thing. I'm just curious if that's a Scott Fitter away. Uh, and, and real quick, here's my special teams tidbit. When the Panthers called, Fletcher to tell him they were drafted. You're you're a long snapper. You are not expecting to get drafted. Uh, and Rule calls him up, and he literally responded by, by saying, "Are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Like, are you effing I will kidding walk me there right now, bro? I will he, walk there right now. Yeah. He, he totally probably, thought he was being pranked. Didn't think he was being drafted. I would guess he wasn't watching the draft at that point because that's Saturday afternoon. I would, he's probably playing golf, cutting his grass. I mean, he, a long snapper. There was nice. only like 35 picks left at that point. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. Uh, anyway, I'm curious to see how that plays out. The J.C. Horn pick will certainly be scrutinized in Carolina. But, man, I think, you know, I don't think the Panthers are going to win the division or anything, but with all the defensive uh, with all the defensive players they drafted last year, then you add Horn, you get Marshall and Christensen, and, and maybe uh, I think Hubbard can be effective this year working behind as a third-down role behind uh, Christian McCaffrey, and then you have Deontay Brown. By the way, that's that's a great point. That's a great fit for Hubbard because he is basically the the airback version, a lighter version of, of Christian McCaffrey, that type of player. So I, I think that's a great fit, and you're not going to overuse him, and it'll take some of the stress off McCaffrey. So I, I'd like to pick in the fourth round. If you're listing winners and losers from the draft, if I had been, if I had done my – I used to do it, I don't do it anymore. If I did a winners and losers article for this draft, Sam Darnold would be a winner. I was just thinking about that. I was going to ask you, is, is that a, uh, would you call the the Aaron Rodgers potential move earth shattering? What'd you call it? Uh, landscape shift. Yeah. Shift changes the landscape of the NFL. Does the Sam Darnold going to a real, uh, what looks to be a pretty good team change anything in that division or no? Uh, the Panthers of their 11 losses last year, eight of them were by one score. And it does feel like this roster's better. Like this feels like a dark horse team that could, uh, needs to be a little bit better in game coaching that that's a thing. And now the other thing too, is like Teddy Bridgewater late in games, which was so slow. He wasn't running up typical offense. You wonder if Sam Darnold will be able to be better at that. You would think that he is. We talked about two uh, make or break year. This is Sam Darnold's make or break year too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, not really. Cause he's now got a, $18 million guarantee for 2022. Yeah. But I mean, they can still wash their hand. My point is that whether he's going to be a good quarterback or not. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty big year for him. It's also a uh, pretty big week for the champions league. It's close to crowning a champion of the second leg of the semifinals coming this week. The K Galazzo podcast pre- uh, provides previews, recaps, analysis, and betting tips for champions league and Europa league. Listen, to this, the team chats with UEFA team insiders to give their picks on which team takes home the champions league title. The champions. Follow K Golazo wherever you find this podcast. To the NFC West to wrap up the show. The C the NFC West would be quick because a bunch of them didn't have picks. The Seahawks <laughs> got a, maybe the lowest grade from Pete Prisco of any team, a D for their work in the draft. They had three picks. 
and they left with three draft prospects. They didn't, their first pick was 56th overall. You have to add Jamal Adams to this draft class, I guess. I don't know if that's good or bad. Then they got Trey Brown, the Oklahoma Wait, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So he gives him a D, but you look at the individual grades, A minus. All from Trapasso. Trapasso oh, handed. Sorry. Yeah, he gave out all the grades. Okay. Briscoe did not grade any. I forgot about that. Part. That's, a, that's a reasonable, it's a reasonable situation. We talked about it yesterday. I just, I was so fired up about it. All right, go ahead. Anywho. Um, no, go ahead. Talk about it. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. So Windsor Wilson, uh, just comparing where I had them going and where they actually went, they're 12th. Like this draft class ranked 12th. Now this isn't including Jamal Adams, but that's certainly fair to do because he is a obviously first round talent. D Eskers, they're the wide receiver out of Western Michigan. I had him going a little lower. I had him going in the middle of the third. He went bottom of the second and look, there are other needs and Russell Wilson probably put on the Aaron Rodgers face when the offensive lineman was in the first pick. But I do love the idea of Dwayne Eskridge, who uh, D, D. Eskridge, excuse me, who is electric, like he is burner fast. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and and uh, D. Eskridge out there is, is pretty exciting. Trey Brown is a really good cornerback. He's par- probably plays as physical as any cornerback in in this class. He's only five nine, uh, so they get value there, and they got a ton of value with Stone Forsythe, who I had, had as a mid third round pick. Um, he may have to move to right tackle. Maybe he played left tackle at, at um, Florida. But again, you're you're fortifying the offensive line, and you get a really good pick uh, at the bottom of the sixth. I don't have any issue with this draft, given how you know handcuffed they were with, with what they were able to do. I'm always uh, happy with any team that uses their first pick of the draft on a player from the Mid American Conference. Uh, yeah, and I think Eskridge could be good in that offense. And again, when you are a receiver drafted in say the second round, and you know you have two guys in front of you. Uh, like Lockett and Metcalf. So you're going to the team. Expectations aren't high. All you have to do is be a decent third receiver. I, I always think that's a perfect spot uh, for someone to go, especially someone coming from the Mac, coming from a smaller school. Uh, so I think he could do big things in Seattle. So I don't know if I, as high as you, Ryan, but I'm not definitely not as low as Prisco on the Seahawks draft class. The uh, Raiders also got a D from... Prisco, Prisco said that the skinny on the Seahawks D, they didn't have a lot of picks because of trades. Their first and third round picks were the Jets and the Jamal Adams trades, but I didn't love what they did with the three picks they had. It was just okay. I love Pete. Reading Pete's play-by-play is just... I think Prisco handed out three Ds. The Texans also got one. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Yep. Let's go to the Rams next. The LA Rams also short on picks. They got a B-minus from Pete Prisco because their first round pick went Acquired Matthew Stafford. One would have to think that that matters in, in Pete's analysis. And then they drafted Tutu Atwell, wide receiver out of Louisville, five nine one. Wait, it's one sixty five. Yeah, okay, pal. More like one forty five. He was their second round pick. Ernest Jones, linebacker from South Carolina, in the third. Bobby Brown in the fourth round, which caused Charles Davis to drop a "It's my prerogative" joke on Rich Eisen's head, and a slew of other late round picks. Wilson. Yeah, the issue with Tito Atwell is this. He weighs 149. Again, he's sort of like D. Eskridge, who we just talked about, in, in that he he's a slot guy. You can line up outside if you want to, but he can do a lot of things uh, that we have sort of see these small smaller receivers starting to do. But at 149, that's one thing. We talk about durability with uh, Devontae Smith. Good Lord, this guy weighs 15 pounds less than Devontae. And number two, this is a team with a ton of needs on the offensive line and some on defense, and you have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. You signed Deshaun Jackson. Where is Tito Atwell going to play? I mean, this is your first pick. And so that was a concern there. I do love that they drafted everyone named Ernest in the draft. That's pretty awesome because you don't see a lot of Ernest walking around these days. Uh, I like the Bobby Brown pick. Um, and the funny thing is both Ernest, both Ernest Jones, who went in the third round, and Ernest Brown, who went in the in the fifth round, felt like they were about a, a round and a half overdrafted. So we'll see. 
we'll see what happens. But I, I didn't love it. Oh, one other name I'll mention, Jacob Harris. That guy's going to be fun. I didn't have him going as high as the late fourth. I had him as a late fifth, it looks like. But he didn't play a lot of football. He was playing soccer up until late in his high school career. He's like 6'5", 230, plays wide receiver slash tight end. So they can have something to work with there. And he he's going to be pretty good on special teams uh, early on in his career, it looks like. I'm surprised the Rams turned in any picks, to be honest. They're <laughs> making the entire giraffe from a mansion in Malibu that's right on the beach. Sean McVay is just chilling out at this pool, infinity pool with the Pacific Ocean in the background. They have an oil painting of freaking Roger Goodell hanging up in the house. I mean, they were living the life. And I and think they, also they traded back into day three, so they had another day to stay at the at the mansion. Oh, you know that's why they did that. They're like, all right, guys, we're not packing up our bags. Just keep trading back, and we're staying here for as long as possible. Um, but, yeah, everything Ryan said. I thought it was a decent draft. Oh, and you know what? My bad. That first-round pick was not Matthew Stafford. That was Jalen Ramsey. Oh, my God. They aren't going to pick up the first round until 20. And fun fact, Sean McVay. He's gotten he has a winning record every season with the Rams, has never had a first round pick uh since he was hired. He deserves and- more love for that because that makes it a lot harder to to win football games, and he still manages to do that. The Arizona Cardinals come out of the draft with a B from Pete Prisco. Did you like their draft, Wilson? It started with Zavin Collins. I'll tell you what I loved about their draft. Say Zavin Collins and Steve Kine. Their phone call. Did you did you see that? Man, that was intense. <laughs> We're going to beep and win. We're going to win. We're going to get the biggest beep and Super Bowl ring you've ever seen. He's just swearing up and I think down. he talked about murdering people, too. So yeah, he's like, We're gonna, yeah, and then and then Kime is like, oh, keep the intensity, bro. Like, he knows he's on camera. He's like, I'm going to let you talk to our owner, Michael Bidwell. <laughs> like, this is our owner, Michael Bidwell. I cannot be more clear. Our owner. Like, take it down a notch. Stop saying F-bombs, dude. And, um, but, Collins was pumped for the draft, you know, and they come back with Rondell Moore in the second round, which I thought was a, a great value there. Marco Wilson in the fourth. They didn't have a third round pick. They, they traded for uh, Rodney Hudson, which is a nice little haul there as well, Wilson. Yeah. This draft class ranked second wins over Wilson. That's how good this draft class was Ooh. in terms of where I thought they would go and where they ended up going. They got a lot of value uh, in the second round of Rondell Moore. The only issue with Rondell Moore is I love Rondell Moore and I love the pick. He's basically Andy Isabella. So how many Andy Isabellas do you need on one team? So I'm wondering what's going to happen there. And uh, take Allen, their sixth-round pick, and James Wiggins, their seventh-round pick, were both, uh, I thought, fourth- and fifth-round value. So uh, they did a great job. And, and Michael Manette, Debo's guy, the center out of Penn State, actually had as a sixth-round pick. They got him late in the seventh. So it feels like they uh, got a lot of value. I just question the Rondell Moore pick, not because I don't like Rondell Moore. I do. Just where do you put him with Andy Isabella literally right, on the roster? See you, Andy. I was going to say, it feels like they're saying, all right, well, we're going to bring in Rondell Moore, and uh, either him or in- Andy Isabella is going to take over that spot. And if Andy doesn't step it up, it's not going to be him. And he's only got two years left on his contract. Yeah, it's a one second, year round, second round pick from two years ago. You're like, yep, that's a wrap. I, I mean, if you have the guy already in hand to replace him, yeah, that's exactly what you do. So basically swapping out Josh Rosen for Rondell Moore. I think it's okay. Ryan Moore is actually a better quarterback, which is. Unnecessary Josh Rosen dunking. Poor, Josh. poor Josh Rosen. No, but I mean, look, if, if, if Andy Isabella is not working out, you know I mean? It, yeah. I think that Steve Kime has certainly cooled his seat in Arizona. Feels like it, right? It was nuclear hot after the Rosen debacle. And then 
managed to survive that. You bring in Kyler Murray. It looks like things are going a little bit better. So I think Cliff Kingsbury's seat will be toasty if this team isn't in playoff contention or doesn't make the playoffs. But they feel pretty set in how they're operating right now. Yeah, but they – I mean, Cliff Kingsbury has to be a better coach. That, that sure. was at times hard to watch the conservatism, conservatism which would they played. Wouldn't it be difficult to fire Cliff Kingsbury? He's so handsome. Yes, it would be. You bring so him to the fair. office – you bring me the office at Cliff. I need to talk to you. Uh, but, but also, if you're so, if you're Michael Bidwell, you're constantly doing stuff outside of the facility. You know, you're with Keith, you know, you're like, hey, Cliff, Steve, we're doing dinner. You know, going to do a dinner here. Da, da, da. So you go out to dinner with Cliff Kingsbury, and people are just staring at you because you're because you because you're with somebody so handsome, and you <laughs> feel more handsome. You know. <laughs> well, Kyle Shanahan was able to make it work with Jimmy G. He moved on from that, so. <laughs> Ouch. Handsomeness doesn't do everything. Some quarterbacks here. Speaking of the 49ers, they got a C from Pete Prisco in his draft grades, probably because they took Trey Lance third overall. I just don't see trading up with two first round picks as the price to get a guy who is raw and needs time. Lance has skills, but he will need time. Not that's not redundant, Pete. Good job. Um, you know, if you don't like if you like Justin Fields better than Trey Lance, you're probably not going to give this a huge grade. And they gave up a ton for him. So I can understand the concern. Two future first-round picks in addition to number 12 overall. And when the draft actually rolls around, you find out probably could have given up a third-round pick at most to go up against Justin Fields instead of going all the way up to number three. But Trey Lance has insane athletic upside. They're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around, in my opinion, to let Lance learn. And if Jimmy G stinks or gets hurt, you can put Lance in there. And I tend to think this has... So uh, this reminds me, it, it's happened to the same guy, but Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes in terms of the upside, both because Lance has the the physical skill set, Wilson, but also because of the Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah, so that's the thing. I, I'm fine giving Shanahan, I was fine giving Shanahan a pass for Mac Jones doing all that, so I'm certainly going to be fine with Trey Lance, who physically <laughs> has more tools and just hasn't played a lot of football, and that's the reality of it. And sometimes it just blows up in your face. And sometimes it blows up in your face and you can bounce back from it. See Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy didn't draft it. See Ryan Pace. So uh, I they ranked 23rd in wins over Wilson. And they only had one pick that was a value pick in terms – two picks, excuse me, that are value picks in terms of them um, going after I thought they should go. that, And that wasn't until uh, Jalen Moore in the fourth round, the late uh, – excuse me, early in the fifth round, the offensive um, lineman at Western Michigan. And then uh, – Telenoa, who, 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 what's his name? Huganga. Is that right? I think that's right. Huganga. Yeah, the safety, the safety out of USC, who actually I liked a lot. I thought he would go in the, in the middle of the fourth round. He went late fifth. So some picks, I mean, the Aaron Banks pick is a home run. He he went right where I thought he would go. Trey Sermon, I didn't love him as, as much as some other running backs. Mm, and, I, I love Sermon in terms of his fit with but that's what you have to think about so you give a grade to this guy you don't know where he's going to go and then you have to reconsider just like we did with uh chuba hubbard going to to the panthers yeah that makes a lot more sense i thought that ramondre stevenson who actually replaced sermon at oklahoma when sermon transferred to ohio state had a better season but sermon went higher and clearly teams um, at least one team liked him more and i think one thing you know obviously with taking trey lance and there's all this debate about whether or not the 49ers are going to trade jimmy garoppolo and kyle shanahan has been insistent that that's not going to happen and i think you look at uh the three four and five quarterbacks that were taken in this draft all the head coaches said the same thing after the draft whether it was shanahan bill belichick 
or uh, Kyle, or, or it was Ryan Pace, not Matt Nagy in Chicago. They all said, hey, the guy that's already here is the starter right now. But if he gets beat out in trading camp, then, you know, we're ready to give the job to the rookie. And I think that has to be your mindset. Shanahan saying, hey, look, Jimmy Garoppolo understands his offense. When he's healthy, he can get us to the Super Bowl. So I don't mind letting him start for one more season, especially because Trey Lance is inexperienced. He's only started 17 games in the entire uh, college career. So if he doesn't come in and grasp everything right away, I'm not going to worry about that because I have Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I, you know, I, I don't think that's a horrible philosophy. I think a lot of fans will want to see Trey Lance start from day one. Uh, but you know, that's why you have Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think the 49ers made the right move, even if Pete Prisco hates it. By the way, that was a misspelled word. It's T- Telenoa Hufanga. I was like, Hufanga doesn't look right. It's Hufanga. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, T- Telenoa. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, yeah, man, look, the 49ers are gonna be judged by Trey Lance down the road. So, uh, how many games do they need to win this year if Jimmy G starts? And then it has to be Trey Lance next year. So, what are the expectations over the next? Two years. Uh, that be playoffs. <laughs> it's got to be whatever. It's got to be better than whatever Jimmy G did. And and you know, you guys said it. it's like this is Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation where no matter what happens with Jimmy G, if he takes him to the NFC title game, you know, Alex Smith took them pretty far in 2017. You're giving the job to Trey Lance the following season, no matter what. So maybe Jimmy starts this entire year, even if he gets in the Super Bowl. You know, maybe it gets dicey if they win the Super Bowl. But yeah. as long as that doesn't happen. Trey Lance is your 2022 starter, no matter what. It's pretty yeah. crazy that Trey Lance might go 730 days or thereabouts. <laughs> that is crazy. With like one game of foot, one football game, and that's or two football games, I suppose. Is this is Trey Lance riskier than Matt Jones at three? Mm, no. Mac, you sure? I feel like. The 49ers will get a pass of sorts if Trey Lance flashes but never puts it together. If they would get killed if Mac was just floor but never ceiling. Now, I mean, it doesn't matter if you win a Super Bowl, you know. Ultimately. Yeah, well, perception wise, that that I agree with that. That's right. Would you rather have stayed put at 12? I mentioned they could have gotten fields by trading up to with a three, they could have just taken Mac Jones at 12. Just well, retrospect, that's what you do and keep all your picks. That's right, right? Or you keep all your picks and you because they traded. I think this is an interesting debate because the and we won't linger on it too long, but the Dolphins could the Dolphins have gotten more the day of the draft or that like in the days leading into the draft rather than trading five weeks early? Because once this quarterback started working out, man, the price got jacked up. They got a ton though. Yeah, but but the 49ers jacked up the price. So if they don't make that trade, then the price might not have been jacked up. You know, like I think to move up from Inside from outside the top 10 to number three in a class with those quarterbacks, it was just going to take that much. I just wonder how much the Bears would have sacrificed all uh, the, their whole draft. Yeah, we'll never into future. I don't know. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's not a unreasonable. Well, imagine being the 49ers at 12, seeing like Justin Fields available at 10, then you don't have to give up any, you know. I was saying, or just draft Mac Jones at 12, or you get on the like the draft comes around Thursday night, the Aaron Rodgers rumors are swirling. swirling and you call Green Bay and say, "Listen." Well, they did that anyway. <laughs> no, but you, but but it would have been a lot easier to trade for Aaron Rodgers with your future first round picks. So, what do you do at three if you dra- if you trade for Aaron? Ro- I guess the three has to be part of the deal for Aaron Rodgers. You trade, you draft Kyle Pitts and toss him. Toss right, him the Packers Rodgers. would have said, "This is what we want." Yeah, the Packers probably would have just asked for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, because the, the the if you had trade Aaron Rodgers in the draft, you couldn't trade a twenty twenty one pick if it was going to be a post June first trade, which would have helped the Packers cap situation. So the 
49ers would have had to draft the player and then trade the player to the Packers. Would you trade Aaron Rodgers to the Bengals for Joe Burrow? No. Aaron Rodgers only has two he only has two or three years left. Like you're mortgaging maybe the Bengals aren't ready right now to win. Uh, would you trade? By the way, Joe Rogers, Burrow. I mean, Joe, if you're Jacksonville, would you trade Trevor Lawrence for Aaron Rodgers? By the way, I just got a text from Joe yeah. Burrow. He would love to go to Green Bay. <laughs> trade. Like, if you're the Chargers, you wouldn't trade Justin Herbert for Aaron Rodgers, right? No, you're not. Just because, I wouldn't if I'm the Chargers. No, no, no. Hell no, you wouldn't. But we saw. I mean, Joe Burrow in the Chargers offense would have been much better than he was last year. He wouldn't have died probably, so we'd have a better sense of that. But if I'm the Bengals, I'm thinking about it. If I'm um, Brandon Staley, I'm not doing it. Yeah, the. And the other thing too, with the possibility of a the trade from three, if you're the 49ers, is that if you, you know you call the Packers, you're like they're like, all right, like we'll figure this deal out, but just go ahead and draft Kyle Pitts, and then we'll you know, we'll, we'll get the deal done, and then the deal falls apart, and you you have Kyle Pitts and Jimmy Garoppolo, and you you gave up three first round picks for Kyle Pitts. That's sort of a problem. And, and you can't trade you can't trade that three to the Packers anyway because it's worth three first round picks, and the Packers aren't going to value it as three first round picks, you know. There aren't many teams as I look through them that I wouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers to. Look, you're trading Aaron Rodgers to the Browns all day long. Like you're not yeah. thinking, you're not hurting Baker Mayfield. Oh, easy. Not off on that. Baker be like, I understand. Do it. Yeah, do it. I mean, the Colts, the Dolphins. Dude. I think <laughs> the Dolphins would be intriguing. Oh no, that's the, a Super Bowl contender with Rodgers, right? I, I was just thinking they're driving Tua to Green Bay and dropping him off. Like, and, are they the number two team in the AFC behind the Chiefs if if the Dolphins got Rodgers? Maybe and, the number one. Yeah, they went ten and six with Tua and Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Yeah, it's close. Like, like it's like two A. Like I put the Bills Rogers, in there. Rogers, the Dolphins, or or the Bills. I'll take the. I mean, the Dolphins would immediately be favored to win the division. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. But I think the Bills are, are are they're still a really good football team. The Bills, by the way, are a little cheap to win the division. Minus one fifty. Yeah, I mean, there there are no teams. Almost no teams. Maybe the Chargers. Uh, I mean, I'm trading. Are you trading them to the Buccaneers for Tom Brady? Oh, uh, no. I don't think he can. <laughs> no, no. You just, no, you're not trading your Super Bowl winning quarterback. Super Bowl Brady, yeah. He's, yeah. Are you trading him? You know, what about to, probably... what to, to the Ravens. Uh, I think he solves a lot of downfield problems. I, you know what? The thing though is that you could do it without, you know, because Lamar Jackson's still on a rookie contract. It's not like you're taking you on Lamar. Just try to win with Aaron Rodgers and run a, <laughs> yeah, run the same offense. Yeah. <laughs> Would you do it with the Steelers? Oh, uh, yeah. of course you would. would you Ryan is driving to Green Bay and picking Aaron Rodgers up. That's yeah. right. Would you do it with the Eagles? Of course you would. would actually, Debo, you would take Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you thought the Eagles were too far away, you know, to, to add a quarterback. Oh, we're so there. close. Oh, oh, up high, down hard. All right, All right let's get that. It's an hour. Oh, Wilson's <laughs> going to go do a radio hit. And uh, I was just got a request to do uh, HQ. At some point, said, unfortunately, you have to eat tacos. I've got to go celebrate Cinco de Mayo. All right, boys. Great stuff as always. Talk to you guys later. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.